You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning and welcome in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Fagno alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins. It is Wednesday, May 10th, 8-12 Central Time, 9-12 Eastern Time, 6-12 Pacific Time. So if you're in the Pac-12 footprint, if you're in the Big Ten footprint, if you're in the SEC footprint, ACC, Big 12, AAC, Mountain West. We're here to give you all the college football recruiting nuggets. And before we get into today's show and welcome Andrew in today's show, like we always do, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify. Make sure also to leave a review as well and leave a rating. Helps with the quote unquote algorithm, as the boys like to say. But Drew, Another day, another dollar, my friend. We're going to talk a little bit of the transfer portal this window. But how are the vibes? How are you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, man. Through almost my entire Celsius right now, uh, I'm I'm thriving. What time does that first Celsius get popped, typically? Uh, typically five in the morning. <laughs> how many do you have a day? Just, you got to limit to one. It says in the back, you can only have, uh, you can only have two. That's what's recommended, but I didn't have one in the fridge, so how to get it after the gym. Struggled a little bit. Is every day a 5 a.m. day for you? No, 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 no. Just just maybe three, four times a week. And that's straight to straight to the gym, right? Straight to the gym. Got to beat the I traffic. Love that, from you. love that from you. That's that's big time. Are you ready to talk a little bit uh, transfer portal window? Drew, we keep saying it every week. I do a terrible job of leading us in this direction. Wednesday show is always supposed to be abbreviated. And I don't think when's the last time we we're under 45 minutes. Oof, it's been a while. I think Gus Malzahn was the, the shortest podcast. And I think that qualified as a, as a uh, Wednesday episode. I wasn't on that episode. That might have something to do with it. No, he was All pretty, right, so- he, he was buttoned up. He was buttoned up. He had, he had team meetings to get to, so <laughs> I, I respect the grind. All right, let's get to it. Our boy, Robbie Weinstein, who works for 24-7 Sports, I believe on the national desk. Yep. Right? Also covers Vandy. Also covers Vandy. Does a terrific job. He put out winners and losers of the college football transfer portal second window. So, Drew, we're going to dive into this a little bit. And Coach Weinstein's going to lead us in the right direction here. Winners, Drew, at the top. How about Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers? And obviously, they made a little bit of noise with a key addition of Peyton Thorne, quarterback from Michigan State. They also get on the board with Caleb Burton at the receiver position, coming over from Ohio State, former highly touted four-star receiver from Lake Travis in Texas. 
Outside of that, Drew, pick up an offensive lineman and Jaden Muskrat played, I believe, over 800 snaps last season, started the majority of the season, and then Jalen McLeod, outside linebacker from Appalachian State. So we knew, and I think from being a keen observer of the transfer portal last year, that if you're in the first year of a head coaching transition, these teams are going to be active, right? Not only to fill immediate needs and to build depth going into the season, but it's just the way of the world that we live in in college football right now. So until, until there's a little bit more continuity, a little bit more of a foundation put in place for Hugh Freeze in the Auburn Tigers right now, this is the way. But, Andrew, the, the, the headliner here is Peyton Thorne coming over from Michigan State, Robbie Ashford, TJ Finley, who has now entered the transfer portal himself. Your guy, Holden Gariner, also in the mix during the spring, right? I know. But you you understand this if you're Auburn. Your takeaway on what Auburn has done so far in the second transfer portal window, but I guess more specifically at the quarterback position. I think if you're an Auburn fan, right, you got to be excited. I mean, they came out of that spring practices and, and the spring game, and Hugh Freeze made it pretty clear they're still trying to upgrade that quarterback room, and they go and get – Peyton Thorne, who has no shortage of of kind of experience, uh, 25 career starts, 49 career touchdown passes. Um, 2022 was rough for him, but I think it was rough for Michigan State as a whole. I think if you circle that 2021 season, Peyton Thorne broke Kirk Cousins' program record with 27 touchdown passes that year. They won 11 games. Um, and, and he had some notable outings. Peach Bowl in, in 2021, he was 14 of 19 for 133 yards in the fourth quarter against Pitt, led the, led back-to-back touchdown drives. Um, we have since learned that Pitt defense is kind of full of future NFL players, right? Uh, just had, was it, six selections. A majority of those guys were on the defensive side of the ball. They also had a bunch of guys selected the year before. And then also, I, I always remember the performance when, Michigan State went down to Miami in 2021, and he threw four touchdowns that game. So I, I think he was probably the best available arm or the best arm that entered this short window. And we got to point that out, right? With how it's set up, you got these transfer portal windows. They open, they close, um, and they get him. And I think that creates more competition. We'll see how it plays out. Um, Robbie Ashford had some cryptic tweet about opening up the competition. I'm still a believer in Holden Gurner. Um, that's kind of my guy, but Auburn, I, you know, got to be excited. And then, you know, when you look at the schedule, man, it's a, it's a difficult schedule, Cooper. I don't know if you've seen it, I, I, you know, f- open at against UMass, travel all the way out to Cal, get Sanford at home. And then it's at Texas A&M, Georgia at home, at LSU, Ole Miss at home at Miss State, uh, at Vandy, at Arkansas. And then, of course, they finished the season against Alabama. Vegas win total, six and a half. So we'll see. But I I think the real kind of story here is, and I know Robbie's focused on on the front end, right, you know, this transfer portal window. But ever since Hugh Freeze has arrived on the Plains, he has done an admirable job of flipping the script getting talent, whether that be on the recruiting front, you know, they, they were kind of a winner during that early signing period. Keldrick Falk, uh, the, the top two, four, seven defensive lineman was committed to Florida state. They get him on board. They go and get Tyler Scott, a corner. Um, 
you know, it's the complete opposite of the Brian Harson era. They did some really good things to to end the 2023 cycle. You brought up Keldrick Falk. They flipped late from Florida State. Kay and Lee was another guy that they flipped from Ohio State. Connor Liu, who had been committed, I believe, to Miami. Yep. Right? That was a big one that they get from Georgia. I think a guy that can play in his own scheme. I mean, outside of that, Brendan Williams was another guy from Opelika. Deron Reed, they flipped from LSU even before Hugh Freeze got there. And a couple other sneaky ones, Andrew, Sylvester Smith as well out of Mumford in Alabama. You go down the line to Quavius Sori. We, we think he can be a player at some point, J.C. Hart as well. So I like what Auburn did. I think that's so – and, and we bring that up. I know the, the topic here is what you do in the transfer portal, but it's so important what you do with that last three to four weeks. Sometimes you don't even have as much time as that before the early signing day. Right. And I think Auburn created enough momentum now where you see their program really benefiting from that going into 2024. I mean, and they're taking some hacks now. Five star receiver Perry Thompson, they're in the mix for, even though he's committed to Alabama. Cameron Coleman as well. I went on the college football recruiting show and talked a little bit about Cameron Coleman and what, where I thought the best fit was for him. I thought it was at Auburn. You look at Hugh Freeze's ability and track record to develop big body receivers from DK Metcalf to AJ Brown to so on and so forth, guys like Laquan Treadwell and Dante Moncrief. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and to my next point, I think that's where they have to be so much better is at the receiver position. And I thought Caleb Burton was a sneaky pickup for them. And I think Auburn can really be a destination spot at the receiver position through the transfer portal. We talked about USC on the show at the point of attack and how they're going to be one of the teams that's going to lead the market there when it comes to the transfer portal. But Hugh Freeze is a fun, dynamic offense. He's proven that time and time again, whether it's been at Ole Miss, at Liberty. Adding guys like Caleb Burton, why you're out there taking big swings in 2024, I can see them kind of putting that formula together. Uh, I like what Auburn's doing here. And listen, Hugh Freeze is a really good coach. Andrew, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, that game to me that's interesting. I always feel like it's, only one team out of the Pac-12 that has the SEC crossover, and it always feels like Cal. Doesn't it feel like that? <laughs> yeah. I remember when Cal played in Oxford a couple years ago. I mean, talk about a culture shock there, and now you got Auburn heading out to California. And I'll tell you what, that's one of the uh, strangest college football experiences you'll ever have. When I was at Washington, we got on a bus, we played in Berkeley, and we get off the bus. And there's a tailgate, but it's not that many people out there. And it's California fans and they're playing chess. I'm like, what is going on? And then you look and then you look outside of the stadium. You got people with tents camping out. And, I, I, you know, I'm not even sure they're there to watch the game. I think they just found a tree they wanted to climb, you know. So anyway, weird experience. We can save that for another time. But you look at Auburn's schedule six and a half. I don't know. Which way do you lean on that? Well, are you a believer in Peyton Thorne? I guess that's kind of the question. I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Hugh Freeze. Like, I, I think he's going to have his guys coached up. You know, you got Ole Miss at home, Mississippi State at home. You got Vandy on the road. Like, I think they can win two out of three of those. Uh, New Mexico State. And then you open up with UMass, Cal, Sanford. So let's call it six right there. 
all they got to do is pull off one against A&M, Georgia, and LSU, and who knows? Maybe they're three and zero going into College Station Week Four. You know, I think they it, got a little bit of juice. I think one of the breakout stars the SEC is Jarquez Hunter, running back for the Tigers. Kind of split time, split carries in a committee role with Tank Bigsby, kid I saw at the Alabama Mississippi game. We we always bring that up on the podcast a few years ago, but. He's got the goods uh, and someone I wish we probably had, had ranked higher. So I think that, you know, he has a big year, then, yeah, I, I'm taking the over. All right, Drew, let's let's head to Coach Weinstein's next biggest winner, Miami Hurricanes, Mario Cristobal. Talked to Coach Cristobal yesterday. He's doing well down there in Coral Gables. Fired up. Tell you who he's fired up about. Francis Malagoa. <laughs> he just sent me a text that said, Francis dot 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 so i'm assuming that's a good thing i know he's he's excited about francis and obviously one of the best tackles in the country last year if you're not familiar with him our drew miami the second portal window Jaden davis cornerback from oklahoma played over 200 snaps last year contributed man i should have you and i should have briefed on the name pronunciations we're so bad here i think it's jadis from vandy jadis richard jadis richard from vandy also a guy that played last year for the Commodores, A.J. Allen coming over from Nebraska as well. But, Drew, maybe it's not so much about the additions, but more about what they didn't lose. And if, if you got to go back to the Tyler Van Dyke Twitter circus, right, there was a lot of smoke there. And I'm going to say that was very real. And Miami did what they had to do to make sure Tyler Van Dyke didn't is uh, did not go suit up for Alabama in the Crimson Tide this year. So Tyler Van Dyke on his way back to Miami, along with a couple of defenders and running back AJ Allen. Yeah, um, it was real because I, I don't think we had seen it before. But you had like an, an official team account kind of signify that Tyler Van Dyke was staying. Um, that was that was a first. But yes, that is primary. I think number one reason why. The Hurricanes are a winner, but they needed to get some more capable bodies in the secondary. Remember, they lost a pair of corners uh, to the NFL draft. Tyreek Stevenson, who went in the second round, and then DJ Ivy late in the seventh round. So they they had to get better in the secondary. And Miami struggled last year uh, when it came to its pass defense. So Jaden Richardson, you said he played 200 snaps at Oklahoma. I think he's got over um a thousand snaps and someone i'm very familiar with throughout his recruitment you know he was at st thomas aquinas miami initially was kind of sniffing around on him and and they never you know i think the size was the hold up and he's still a, a a smaller guy but you add him to that secondary and they also took some other guys in in, in the previous window um Devontae brown a, a longer kid who was at ucf that helped them get Damari Brown, his brother, a top two, four, seven corner. Um, so the secondary needs to get better. And, and why does it need to get better? I mean, look at this schedule. There's some there's some notable quarterbacks that they play uh, at North Carolina. Obviously, Drake May, Clemson with with Cade Klubnick uh, at Florida State, Jordan Travis. There's there's some Heisman talk there. And um, you also got Connor Wegman at, at Texas A&M. They come to town and uh Brennan Armstrong at NC State. So how to get good there. Um, and it seems like Miami, for the most part, what they did in that in that winter window 
a lot of those guys are expected to play. Uh, Javion Cohen, offensive lineman out of Alabama. Matt Lee, center from UCF. Uh, Francisco Malagoa, so Francis's brother, comes over from Washington State. They're, they're excited about him. So we will see uh, You know how to retool the roster, and, and they're getting guys that I think they believe can make an impact. And, and with Jaden Davis, you know, he's someone that is from the hometown area. There was a, there was a point I, you know, his dad still hangs out. Uh, I'll still see him in and around Fort Lauderdale. I think it was like two or three years ago. His dad was bringing up, Hey, you know, getting some feedback from the NFL on Jaden. And I think he kind of fell out of, out of favor there in Norman with the coaching change, but still a really talented player. Uh, Size will be, kind of the concern, but hard to replicate someone with that much experience. Over 200 snaps and coverage this past season, Drew. Excuse me, I was misled there. Patak flag. 400 total snaps in 2022. Since 2019, Andrew, 1,499 snaps. It's rare you find somebody in college football with almost 1,500 snaps to their name. Miami needs more experience, so they certainly get a jolt in the arm there. Oh, yeah, you got to point out Clint Brewster, who's involved in our transfer portal rankings, heading that up. He tweeted a few weeks ago, and Coop, I was going to send you this. I, I totally missed it. But he estimated that over 70% of the players that had entered the portal, I guess in this spring window, had started less than one game at the collegiate level. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it was funny because I was doing a little bit digging on on Caleb Burton, right? No snaps to his name, right? And and you figure like, all right, those are the really talented players that now we're starting to understand the full picture coming into a little bit more clear focus. And you look at a guy like Caleb Burton, sorry to go back to him, but his situation as an example, you think of the influx of talent guys like Carnell Tate, guys like Brandon Ennis, guys like Noah Rogers, on top of guys like Keon Grays and Caleb Brown was another guy, right, who just transferred to Iowa from Ohio State. Those are really talented, competitive rooms where you got a lot of young players starting to figure it out, especially at programs recruiting at a really high level, whether or not they're going to be in the plans of the future. And I think that's what we're starting to see, especially in the second window. I thought – Andrew, we would have saw more quarterback entries in the second portal window, to be honest. Well, I've, I've had some conversations with, you know, some coaches out there, and this wasn't really on the rundown, but I, I do think it it should be brought up. And I said this on a radio hit yesterday. Look at the Florida Gators, right? Billy Napier um, trying to kind of limit, you know, what's being reported on in, in terms of who – the Gators are going after in the transfer portal, right? And the, and the more I've thought about it and, and kind of bounce this off different people's heads, I mean, that is, I think he's ahead of the curve here. And all right, why? Well, if, you know, there's a bunch of media reports out there that, hey, you're pursuing this guy, uh, you're pursuing that guy. You know, what does that do to the guys on your roster, right? They start wondering, you know, wh- what's going on? And sure, yes, you want to embrace competition and all that stuff, but I think by trying to keep it as much in-house as you can in terms of not putting your business out there, that helps defend your roster. And I think as we approach these windows in the future, more and more programs are going to try to go radio silent 
And then they're going to wait for those windows to close. And then that's when they're going to go let it be known. That's when they're going to go get the commitments from the guys because that's, in a way, playing some some roster defense. And I think Florida and Billy Napier a, a little a little ahead. So to your point on on the quarterbacks, you know, yeah, I thought there would be more out there. I've heard that from some schools that are were hoping more quarterbacks entered, but I, I also think a lot of the dominoes have kind of already fallen. I mean, look at Casey Thompson, who was injured this spring at Nebraska. What was the Cornhusker starter? primarily in 2022, Jeff Sims comes in. Seems like Jeff Sims, the transfer from Georgia Tech, is going to be the guy. So he enters the portal, and he's currently at Florida Atlantic on an official visit. You know, I, I just think if you're playing musical chairs, maybe some of these, some of these play, you know, there isn't as many open seats as, as, as before. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. Well, you're running out of time too, right? I mean, spring ball is over. So now you go straight into summer workouts and then you only have a fall right at the game's most difficult position. And then regardless of how much experience you have, the lack of continuity heading into fall camp, it's difficult, right? Like there's going to be a learning curve for guys like Peyton, Peyton Thorne, Thorne, yeah, right? Who, who have to play in a new offense under, under Hugh Freeze. So there, there has to be time to be allowed to gel, but I think that's a, another vantage point of the second transfer portal window we haven't really talked about. Andrew, a couple more winners from Coach Weinstein here. The Louisville Cardinals, they add Keith Brown from Oregon, the inside linebacker, guy I'm familiar with, safety. Cam Kelly comes over from North Carolina. Lance Robinson, offensive lineman from Houston. Storm Duck, cornerback from Penn State, one of the best names in all of college football. Marcus Washington. Another defensive back heads over from the University of Georgia. And then Eric Miller from Purdue. So Jeff Brom uh, looking to add a couple late reinforcements before his first year with the Cardinal. I don't know what to make of Louisville heading into to this season with, with Jeff Brom there. Like, I, I can't put my thumb on it. I don't know if you can. I can't either. I think Jeff Brom is a... He's a good football coach, and just like any other football coach, he has his warts. And I think they did some good things at Purdue. Holistically, though, like from a roster standpoint, you wonder if this team is ever going to have the ceiling of some of those other Tier 2 Power 5 programs. Yeah. And from a recruiting standpoint, I've never been – I've liked some of the things that they've done positionally, but I've never been in love with the whole thing from top down. Does that make sense? Yeah. And right now in the 2024 cycle, sitting number 23 in the rankings, they have a, a blue chipper committed, TJ Capers, front seven defender from down in South Florida. You know, I, I know a guy you've dug into on the tape. I just, I, you know, like what's this going to look like come the early signing period? It's kind of something I got written down. Well, are they going to be a team that was, you know, they were a team that were in the, they were in the headlines last year they were in it right and i think everybody knew that they were going to play the game when it came to nil former five-star running back reuben owens was committed for much of the process before he flipped to texas a&m before signing day guys like deandre moore pierce clarkson's teammate jamari johnson i mean, Andrew, I mean those guys would have been huge additions 
if they would have found a way to, to hang on to both those guys. But if you're Louisville and that's the game you want to play, and if you can continue to play it, I think you need to play it. You talked about it, Jamari Johnson. What a find to get him from California. That's a guy that we added in our top 247. There was another late addition as well, I believe, unless I'm blanking on the name, into our Ajana, top 247. Ajana Green. There you Lanky go. Lanky edge rusher. He had like one of the longest wingspans in the 2023 class. And then I, one more addition from them in the portal, Marcus Washington, corner from Georgia, right, leaves Georgia. He's an interesting case study, guy that reclassified, one of the first few ones we've, we, you know, because that's becoming the big boom, right? Everyone's reclassifying, moving up a cycle. It, guy that was a freak in the weight room, really good testing numbers, goes to Georgia. We've seen plenty of defenders leave Athens. Um, case study for me, you know, what, what does that look like? Because we always talk about the experience and, and getting the live reps. Now he's got a new change of scenery there in the Derby city. We'll definitely be one of those teams that I think we'll have our eyes on this year under Jeff Brom and Jeff Brom, obviously a guy that knows that program very well played his ball there. So we'll see that's that there's always been that felt inevitable, right? Jeff Brom to Louisville at some point. So we'll see what happens. Both sides get their wish Drew, the last winner. We have USC Trojans. No surprise here. Currently the number two ranked portal team, according to 24-7 sports. But a couple of big ones at, at premium positions. I mean, you look at defensive line, they add Bear Alexander, a former highly touted recruit, a top 120 player, Troy Quan Fagans. We talked about at length yesterday, coming over from Alabama, versatile defender in the secondary. And then Emmanuel Pregnon from Wyoming, a guy with a lot of valuable snaps, played a lot of ball at Wyoming. Plug and play. I mean, the majority of these guys, I see all, all these guys as plug and play options for USC and being able to contribute immediately for the Trojans. USC signed the number eight high school recruiting class in, in 2023, right? It was loaded with blue chippers. Only one of those guys, defensive point of attack player, and that's Braylon Shelby. Uh, the edge rusher out of Texas. So, like, wh wh how big of a deal is it to get Bear Alexander? I mean, that's it right there. I mean, they have it going on offense, but, you know, have to improve. It starts up front. So, I, I, I think that's a big one. And I said this a few podcasts ago. It's like USC is treating this essentially like free agency. You know, they, ha they ha brought in a, a transfer lineman. He gets – medically DQ'd or he's not going to show up on campus. So what do they do? They go out in the portal and they get uh, Emmanuel uh, Pregon offensive lineman with tons of experience at Wyoming and kind of pencil him in as the next, the next guy, right. It, you know, at one of the guard spots, it's just Lincoln Riley's like, it, it just feels like an NFL operation. Drew, in addition to go back, uh, Braylon Shelby, Sam Green came over from St. Francis in Baltimore. They also signed David Peavy out of Lincoln in San Diego and Dijon Lafitte, excuse me on the pronunciation of that's not right from Canada. So a couple more, Elijah Hughes in there as well from Virginia, a couple more for uh, at the point of attack on, on defensive line. I mean, um, Sam Green flashed in St. Francis against IMG, but he is not, he's not Bear Alexander. Well, sure. I mean, to your point, not a lot of them are, right? Um, 
that type of quality in the portal is really hard to find. And, and to be able to get Anthony Lucas and Bear Alexander in the same cycle, I mean, it's a huge benefit for USC. I also think it's important that those guys succeed for USC. Like Anthony yeah. Lucas and Bear Alexander need to have some success and need to be able to go on and have a career in the NFL. Both those guys are extremely talented players. I mean, we had Anthony Lucas rated as a five-star. Bear Alexander was another guy that had a little bit of a late fall from grace, but still was a, a top four-round player for us. Um, Coop, I've always thought this since the transfer portal became a thing, right, or the transfers, right? You could go to a school. I think if you're in one of these destination cities, right, so L.A., Miami, you could throw probably the Arizonas in there. I, I think the pitch is easy. Treat it, hey, the, you're going to go train for the NFL Combine in one of these warm weather places, Scottsdale, Miami, you know, LA. Do the same thing. Take your final year here, right? You only got to go to classes for six months. And then, bam, you just go right into NFL training. So, I, you know, you're, you're right. <laughs> they, they need those guys to hit. And then you can point to them, you know, hey, this guy did it. That guy did it. You can do it, right? Come live here and then just transition right into the NFL prep. What a pitch for these agencies, too, that can now get involved at the collegiate level in terms of NIL. And you think about that relationship that exists. I mean, Rich Paul and LeBron James's agency. Is it Rock? Uh, why am I forgetting the name of it? Um, is it Rock Nation? I think. I think I, that's Jay Z. Anyway, besides the point, Malachi Nelson ended up signing with one of these agencies. I think he's one of the only college players that is is repped by these agencies. Point being, Malachi Nelson is different because he grew up in the Southern California area. But think about that, right? If you're Bear Alexander and let's say you're with CAA or Athletes First and they're based out of Los Angeles and not the agency itself, but in terms of the relationship that you're going to have with the agency and then what your post-college training regimen looks like. You don't have to leave Los Angeles or Miami. And I've always thought this from the beginning when it comes to college football transfer portal. To me, it seems like, and you talked about these marketable cities like LA and Miami, it's like NBA free agency. And what I mean by that is you have a lot of players at some point in their career that sure, they're not only concerned about maximizing their bag, but they want to live in a city like Miami. LeBron James. You know, like no disrespect to Cleveland, but LeBron James, it's an easy move for him, especially in a state with no income tax. Right? And then Los Angeles, if you're Bear Alexander and say, hey, I got one year left, and I, I, I got to fight tooth and nail to get on the field. And sure, I'm going to be a contributor here, but I got a clear path at a team that's going to be in the national spotlight and they need me. And I'm going to make money and I'm going to be in LA. It's an easy sell, right? And I will say this. I don't know. I've gotten some, I've gotten some feedback. I just wonder how many of these guys are actually collecting on the promises that have been made to them financially? 
Okay. Well, well I mean, it's you, a it's a different you, conversation, you, and, you, but I'm alluding to one person right now, Jordan Addison, who I heard was not happy with the way things worked out in L.A. I'll add this. I, I've heard some of these guys that went in the spring window or promised stuff by certain schools and, and other schools in, in the recruitment are like, there is no way that's being met. There is zero chance. It's a big bluff, right? Well, none of it's binding, right? Yeah. Why would it be binding? Oh, we got a little clarity from producer Lance Glenn. Clutch Sports. I should know that. I should know that. Rich Paul, Clutch Sports. LeBron James is longtime childhood friend. Dating Adele, by the way. What a glow up for Rich Paul. It's awesome, man. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's get into the loser section real quick, Drew. We are at 32 minutes. We'll hurry up offense here for the boys. Coach Weinstein, loser section. Michigan State, who have they lost? Peyton Thorne to Auburn. We talked about him earlier. The big one right here, Keon Coleman. And it kind of felt like a big one when they got him. You know, they get Keon Coleman, two-sport athlete, out of the state of Louisiana. Everybody was in on this guy. He ends up at Michigan State. It kind of felt like, man, how'd they pull this one off? A year later, after a year of production as a freshman, he's he's in the portal. Andrew, Florida State, Ole Miss in the mix. He's one of the hottest names on the portal market right now. But in, in what seems to be a surprisingly pivotal year for Mel Tucker, I mean, what do you what do you take of these two departures here? Well, first, I'm just smiling at this crystal ball from him. Keon Coleman, four star receiver in the 2021 cycle. You said it, basketball guy. He had crystal ball predictions at the time to Tulane. God, imagine if they had him if he had stuck there. Kansas, Oklahoma. I mean, it was it was a roller coaster that recruitment. Um, I don't know. Coleman just visited. Florida State. I think he's at Ole Miss right now. Can you imagine him there catching passes in that in that offense at a school that has a proven track record of churning out these big framed wide receivers? I would be worried if I was 
Michigan State. They had an, they had another player, Charles Brantley, corner who who has gotten plenty of run. He entered, came back in. I don't know. Doesn't doesn't seem. I mean, they they definitely deserve to be in the in the losers column, but there's some some reason for some concern. I would think. Does it fire you up to think about Keon Coleman playing opposite of Hakeem Williams? Yeah. Well, they also Florida State lost Micah Pittman to to Utah. He he went to Utah in, in the portal. Sneaky little pickup there for the Utes, huh? That kind of yeah. went under the radar. That's neither here nor there. But Keon Coleman, big one. Michigan State, Drew. I'm with you. If there's a team like under the microscope here, if they if they fail to make the postseason again for the second straight season, especially with the money that Mel Tucker has been guaranteed in East Lansing. I mean, you're kind of locked in, right? At this point, you just kind of got to ride the wave. Right. And I think they finished the 2023 cycle, number 23 in the high school rankings. We've talked at length in the past. We we like some of the signees by Job, Edge Rusher, Jordan Hall, linebacker at IMG Academy. Like, I don't, I don't think it's full-on panic, but keep an eye on the 2024 cycle. Right now, sitting 41 in the rankings. All right, Drew, let's get to uh, Coach Weinstein's second loser, the Ole Miss Rebels. What happened to transfer to the SIM? He's still working. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about these guys. But either, uh, either am I. Uh, Taiwan Malone, big defensive lineman, two-sport athlete. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys like this guy. Played for the Rebs, who won the national championship in baseball last year on the diamond. He transfers to Ohio State. Drew, this one hasn't got as much attention. And I know we're talking about Ole Miss here. This is, to me, this is huge for Ohio State. Like those big interior bodies at the point of attack, they've, they've kind of been evasive for them to an extent. So to get a guy like this, who I believe originally p- played his ball at Bergen Catholic, is that right? Yep, yep. Out of New Jersey. That's a big get. And and honestly, if you're Ohio State, like it, you are in the position where you can be so selective. And Mark Pantone, who obviously came on the show, like this is what you want. Like if you're getting a if, – if, if you're going to be active in the second transfer portal window – and you can find a way to get guy a guy with experience at a premium position that could potentially develop into a starter for you. I mean, that's a huge benefit. Well, I wrote down in my notes. I said, "How are they not a winner?" But I think again, this was published after the Taiwan Malone because they also added Josh Simmons, offensive lineman from San Diego State. I think there's probably hope and optimism that he could be part of that starting five. If not, he's maybe your Sixth lineman, sixth or seventh lineman, Josh Simmons. Uh, he was a former. I, I remember his recruitment. He was. Uh, he had all the offers, and then it ended up at San Diego State. He's an Aztec. Not a fan of that school right now, but. Um, <laughs> and they also got Lorenzo Styles, the the receiver from Notre Dame. Feels like what Al- feels like what Alabama did last year. I think Alabama was like. I gotta, I gotta go back and look. I think Tyler they took Steen, like six or seven guys, right? Tyler Steen, who went on to be picked, was the they offensive had the, from Vanderbilt. Jameer correct. Gibbs, Eli Ricks. Yeah, was that last year or two years? Yeah, no, yeah. And but they had some misses too. The receiver from Louisville, right? Yeah, Tyler Harrell. Is that right? Yeah. But I like, I like what Ohio State's done. Um, Ole Miss. 
I mean, between what they did at the quarterback position, right, in that first portal window, Walker Howard, Spencer Sanders, I'd say uh, it's a competitive room there. So, Drew, do you have any indication whatsoever? Like, is is there one guy you want to put your money on in that quarterback race at Ole Miss? I think when I was looking at the Heisman odds, I think Spencer Sanders was the first of the Ole Miss quarterbacks listed. It would make sense. I'm surprised Jackson Dart stuck around. Good for him. I mean, what a what a what a stance by Kiffin bringing in two highly capable and talented quarterbacks into that room to to challenge Jackson Dart there, and I and I love that move for him, and I like the fact that Jackson Dart is sticking it out. All right, Drew, another loser. In Coach Weinstein's transfer portal second window. Notre Dame fighting Irish. You mentioned Lorenzo Styles. He's off to Ohio State. Logan Diggs. He's got a crystal ball for LSU. Rushed for over 800 yards last year for the Irish. Looks like it's between Brian Kelly and Shane Beamer there for Logan Diggs. Tyler Buckner. No shortage of headlines there. He's off to Alabama with former OC Tommy Reese. And then Prince Kali, undecided. I don't. I think we're at the point of the the article where it's like you got to put somebody in there, right? I think yeah. it's just natural attrition. Like there, there's nothing there. Like to me, the Buckner is addition by subtraction. You brought in Hartman. You bring in Hartman. You need to upgrade the position, but you also you also find yourself now where Hartman is your clear starter and you're moving on. Logan Diggs is tough, but I think Notre Dame's got plenty enough talent at the running back position there. I'm excited about Jeremiah Love as a freshman. Receiver is still a position where Notre Dame is is continuing to try to change that room. So if you're Marcus Freeman in year two, I mean, this doesn't to me no. that's this no. is just part of the business. Right? I think this is what it's going to look like moving forward, right? All these programs are going to have four or five guys out. All right, Drew. Next loser, Houston Alton McCaskill. Tough one especially why Houston is transitioning to Big 12. Big win for the Cougars in the 2021 class. Uh, one of the best running backs in the AAC. Trending to Florida, I believe. Really? Yeah. That's what it says on the front page of 24-7 Sports, so I, I better be right. Need to start reading our website a little bit more. I know Colorado was in the thick of it with McCaskill as well. No, Colorado, Colorado or Florida, so you are you are correct. You are correct. Okay. Okay. Drew, how about this? No mention of Colorado so far, huh? I, I also wrote that down. I think they go into the category of uh, the infamous question mark and the winners and losers. They're just a, they're a hot button topic right now. All right. Last one for us, North Texas. Feel for Gabe Brooks here. Varkey's Gums, tight end, committed to Arkansas, decommitted to Arkansas, now back in the fold for the Razorbacks. Edge Cam Robertson, he's off to SMU. Jair Shorter in the portal, as well as linebacker Larry Nixon the third. Yeah, that's tough. And Larry Nixon the third might end up at Miami. Uh, this is, I keep saying this is the new norm, but I think if you make a coaching change at a group of five program and, and North Texas is moving to the American this is probably what's going to happen, right? You're going to get rated. If you have talent there, it's going to be hard to, you know, keep everyone home. And I think 
when you take these jobs, like the first the first few weeks, it's not, hey, I'm I'm going out and recruiting high schoolers. It's no, 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 no. I I I I'm recruiting my current roster. And then you got to get them all the way through spring football as well. And if, if you're a team that, you know, that your predecessor went after some developmental guys, guys that are have tape, guys that have production, guys that have PFF grades. I mean, there's going to be recruiting or scouting or personnel departments around the country uh, evaluating and, and seeing who they can pry away. I, I just think that is the new norm. There's a power five coach that I talked to out on the West Coast who newly minted power five coach. And, you know, our listeners out there can can put it together pretty quickly. But, you know, I, I talked to him within his first week on the job and it was like, you know, I was kind of asking him about some of the guys that he already had in the boat for the 2023 class. And he's like, you don't understand, like my time and my priority is fully focused on the roster that we have right now especially at Stanford. Well, there I said it, Troy Taylor. <laughs> Sorry about that, Coach Taylor. Anyway, that's that's where the focus is, right? Like when you when when you take these jobs and especially when you're in the middle of that transfer when 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 was the first transfer portal window? Uh is it December 15th or December 5th? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it was like the first week of of December, right? So I mean, think of all the things that are on the plate of a head coach and then think of all the things that are on the plate of a head coach that is one to two weeks into the job, which is why this, this calendar I think is maddening to a lot of coaches because you're not really put in a position to succeed. Not only do you have to retain, but you have to build your roster as well. Well, I've heard it. I've heard another issue as well, right? We could use you're at, you're at a group of five program, right? You come in, some of those star players, quote unquote, on the roster can also hold it over a coach's head. Hey, you need me. I can get away with this. You got to keep me here. And I think it gets to some point where the coaching staff's like, all right, you know what? Just go in the portal. You know, we're trying to get this, this, this right. We're trying to build the culture we want. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I think, a there's a, of- I think there's a lot of balance between the two on that not a lot of time for politics right like decisions need to be made for both parties right like you're either in or you're out at that point there's but you're not, not you're not yeah you're not holding it over our heads the entire time all right drew that that wraps up winners and losers second transfer portal shout out to robbie weinstein like i said covers the commodores over there in the 24 7 sports affiliate also working the national desk as well does a fantastic job drew a little context I think on um, additional context from our NFL draft recap week, the conversation that we had about undrafted free agents and what that is like. I had a phone call with a friend of mine who was a scout, area scout in the NFL. And he said, hey, I was listening to your podcast. I can add a little bit of context to what that's like. And he talked about, that's really the most stressful part of a scout's job. One of the most stressful parts of a scout's job during the entire year. And it was fascinating. He he said you can really relate it to recruiting, but what they typically do 
and obviously it, it varies by organization, but as they'll have, you know, basically two scouts uh, work the phones based by position, right? And they'll go through that process and they'll start calling these agents of the prospects. And it's on the scouts to really negotiate the deal. Which is crazy, right? I mean, because it's it's That's not wild. like these guys have backgrounds in you know like finance or um, law in, in terms of negotiating deals, but they have a pool of money that they have to work with. They'll have a number of prospects that they need to sign into position, and that's what it is. And and, and it transpires quickly, but it goes back to the point where there is a point in the process where like you can't get dragged too far down the line by a certain prospect because during that time, the, the talent pool diminishes, right? So the way things happen and transpire is really, really quickly and rapid fire. Were so you, were you the one telling me that they should have a show on that or like a documentary? Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I, I think it'd be fascinating. I mean, I don't know how much, you know, the, the NFL does that like, Hey, rookie show, like welcome to the NFL. Right. I'd love to see it from a scout's pers perspective on that one three to four hours. Yeah, or even like 24 hours, just embed, embed in the in the war room. It'd be fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. We also got a shout out from a uh, position coach in the NFL. Wow. All right, but that's, um, Drew, that's all I got, brother. That's all I got as well, man. Tough day. Tough day for producer Lance Glenn, the New Jersey Devils. 6-1 last night. And I'll tell you what, as a fan of not only the Panthers and the Devils, I'm a little embarrassed. Andrew living up to his end of the bargain, Lance, leaving a lot to be desired, but that's all right. We're hoping these two teams still meet down 3-1. Don't call it a comeback. Guys, we appreciate you listening to the show. As always, subscribe. Apple, Spotify, leave a review, leave a rating as well. Let's get those numbers up. Let's pump those numbers up. I don't, you know, the crowd that's here for the guest, thank you. But we appreciate it if you come back, listen to the boys, chop it up every now and then as well. So for the director of scouting, Andrew Ivins, for producer Lance Glenn and the New Jersey Devils, I'm Cooper Batagna. We will see you tomorrow.